16 verses 5 through 7. Just three verses right quick. We'll get on into this lesson today. Jesus talking with his disciples. In the script, in the Bible, my Bible, you know, they'll put little titles before each chapter of different things. But right here it says Christ comforts his disciples. And sometimes uh, there's things that he says that we don't know if that's, at first, we're not sure if that's really comforting or not. But if we will hang in there, we'll find out that he's got a reason for all of it. So in verse 5, he said, But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And for a few moments this morning, we'll teach on this thought through it all. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for the promise of your word. Thank you for your faithfulness to your people, God. Lord, you are true and righteous and holy. We praise you this morning. Let us hear what the Spirit would say today. Encourage our hearts and minds. Strengthen us through your word today. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise for his word. Hallelujah. God's great. God's faithful. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. God bless you today in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Through it all. You know, it, this reading this part of, of the Lord's story while he was here, I always try to put myself in the, just in the place of those disciples because to them, they had found the greatest thing ever. You know, we read the beginning of the story. I think it, it might have been uh, Jake that mentioned that, that version of, talking about soul winners, how that come and see, we, we found him, we found the one that the scriptures talks about, we found the Messiah, and, and they were so excited about finding the Christ, following him, being part of his ministry and walking with him for a little over three years, and, and now he's telling them, I've got to go. And I, I think, you know, for us, we're like, it don't even worry us when we read the story because we already know what he's talking about. But they're living it in the moment. They hear this for the first time, I'm going away. It reminds me of the, the, the man who had the legion of devils when the Lord performed that miracle in his life when Jesus got ready to go get back in the boat and leave. This guy said, I'm going with you. <laughs> and the Lord said, no, you need to go back and start telling people what God has done for you. And I think just this man had a fear that if he gets out of my sight, I'm going to turn back into what I used to be. But when the Lord does that work in your life, there's one place in the book of Psalms that says, I know that whatever the Lord does, he does it forever. And if it's when God does something like that, when he begins a work in you, he finishes it. And when it's finished, it's there. It's solid. It's not going anywhere. And, and we don't have to revert back 
uh, to our old lifestyles or, or to things that have power over us. Once he does that work, once he sets us free, once he moves in our life, he's there. And uh, he's going to be with us through it all. And he sent that man because he was just basically telling him, said, look, I've got to go somewhere else, but I'm not leaving you. What I've done in you is going to abide, and it's going to be there. And, and this deliverance, isn't, it's not like a, a 24-hour thing. It's, it's not like a, a Tylenol you've got to take every eight hours. This is, I've done something in your life, and I will be with you. And this is where we see the disciples now again, Jesus speaking with them. And uh, again, this chapter says it's where he is comforting them. He's actually telling them things that are good for them that should help them in their life. But he said he realizes that you, you, you notice in like all of this opening part of this, there's no black letters. He's doing all the talking. They're so sad and full of sorrow and, and questions that they can't even speak. And that's what he tells them. He said, now I'm going my way, and now none of you are asking me where, where are you going. You're so sad you can't even talk. You ever been like that? You ever just been so heartbroken that you don't have words, that I just can't say anything? And, and you think about how many times during this three years they were like, why couldn't we do that? Why did this happen? What happens to them? What are they doing? What it was Questions, questions, questions. And he said, now you're so sorrowful. He said, and it's simply because I said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. And sometimes when we know that the Lord is speaking to us in our situation, we know this is from him, but because we don't fully understand what's about to happen, we get very sad. And that's because we're flesh and blood, and, and, and we think, man, this is not the way I thought it would turn out. This is not the way I prayed for it. This is not the way I expected. But God always has a bigger plan, and he's never just going to show you the, the end at the beginning. He's going to lead you through it all. He's going to take you from the beginning, be with you in the midst of it, and be with you there at the end of it. And he said, you have to understand, he said, even though you're sad, in verse 7, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now, you're sad, but I'm telling you the truth. You know, back in chapter 14, he, he was talking about this exit. And he said, if you loved me, you would rejoice. But they didn't understand. And he knew that. But he said, if you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to my father. You would, you would be happy about this because uh, if you really loved me, uh, you would know something better is coming. If you love me, you know that I'm going to not do anything just to destroy your life. The Lord is not trying to make you sad. You know, sometimes we have uh, some correction from the Lord, and he said no correction for the present time is pleasant. We don't like it when we're being corrected, but later it does yield uh, good fruit. And so sometimes these things that we're going through, we don't understand it, but it's necessary he said, it is expedient, not just it's a good idea that I go away, but I've got to go away because if I don't go, the next part of this plan won't work. It's not going to happen. The comforter will not come unto you. Now, if the comforter doesn't come to us, there is no power. There is no uh, guide to lead us into all truth. There, there is no intercessor for 
our infirmities. You know, we, we've got to have the Spirit of God living within us, but it's not going to live within us as long as it's standing beside us. And he's like, you don't understand this yet, but I have to go away. Oh, I don't want to lose it, but you're not losing it. He said, I'm going away, but I'll never leave you. That's, that, see, the Lord can do that. I'm going out of your sight, but I'll still be with you. You know, we, we like to, uh, you know, we tell people, well, I, I've got to go, and I'll be thinking about you, you know, but you can't be in two places at once. You can think about that person and, and always have them in your memory and have them in your mind, have them in your thoughts, but they're not really there. But the Lord abides. He's here. And that's why he could say, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there. Just because I said I'm, I go away, I'm still here. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Our, our trials are not dead ends. We, we're too quick to look at tragedy as, well, that's it. That's the end. But it's simply a door to another level is simply a, an opening to another place because with every temptation God makes a way of escape that we're able to bear it so there's always a way out and when you come out you're always different than you were when you went in come on somebody you're always different than when you went in there's something on the other side of what you're going through you don't always see it but Jesus is going to be with you through it all and we, we have trouble on top of trouble. Job said it. A man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. But we're never without the Lord. He's going to be with you through it all. This year, maybe you know, it's coming to the end of the year. Maybe you start looking back, taking inventory of the year. Well, guess what? You're still here, and so is he. He's been with you through every bit of it. The hard times, the trials, the tests, when it looked like the bottom was falling out, like the rug got yanked out from under you, God was still with you. You didn't understand why it happened that way, but now you will. And you'll realize that tribulation works patience, and patience works experience. And experience gives us hope, and hope makes us not ashamed. And we realize something very important, that God will be with us through it all. If we don't get that in our spirit, if we don't, in our walk with God, have that trust in him that, oh, this is breaking my heart, God, but, but my love and trust of you is greater than my heartache, it's greater than my trial, and just because my situation is bringing me sorrow, it doesn't mean that it's not necessary, so God, I'm hanging in here because I want to see what you're doing, because whatever it is, is something vital. It was expedient for him to leave... These people that he handpicked and he loved, he taught, he, he was there with them. But he said, I've got to leave your presence in the natural for a little while so I can come back and dwell within you. They don't get this yet. They don't know it yet. But the comforter is going to come. And, and that's the thing we can trust is that whenever we have sorrow, the Lord said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And so we don't throw in the towel. We don't give up. We don't surrender. We don't quit God. We don't stop serving him. We don't stop trusting him. We don't stop loving him. We keep on doing what we're doing because we know that God abides faithful to his people. And he doesn't have to always tell me exactly what he's doing. I don't have a printout. 
of the game plan sometimes, but there's some things and principles that we have learned. I, I've been mentioning this a little bit in the last few services. There's some things that we should know as his children. That he will never leave me or forsake me is one big one. God's going to always be the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. God is always looking and he's listening and he's always ready to, to save us and to take care of us. He's just waiting uh, for us to, to just trust him and to follow him and to believe him. Listen, some, some tragedies are wake-up calls. Sometimes God has to get our attention. And, uh, you know, sometimes the only way to get your attention is something that kind of stings. I remember, I remember one time that uh, when we were kids, my older brother was, he was uh, getting a, a spanking. My dad had took him in the bathroom, was giving him a whooping, and I was sitting at the door listening. And I was grinning and giggling, going, "Ah, oh, get him, Daddy, get him, Daddy. And all of a sudden, I felt, Bow! I turned around and looked. My mom said, you think it's funny? I was like, got my tail. I went on the other way. So you learn sometimes. You have to get a little sting to get your attention. I remember sitting in class one time in school, and this kid was cutting up. He was sitting in his desk. This is back when they could paddle you in and you can't, I don't know, he can't be doing that no more. But back in them days, they could bring that wooden paddle out and take care of you. And the teacher was in the back of the room. And this guy was cutting up, and he didn't realize she was watching. And she just walked up, no warning, with the paddle. His backside was hanging off his chair. Let him have it. And I get boy, he straightened up, got his attention, everybody else's attention too, because he hollered. And scared everybody, but especially the person right in front of him. But, but it was necessary. And there are tragedies sometimes and, and things that, that go sideways in our life. And we always think, man, it's because I've messed up. It's because. It, but sometimes these things, these trials, these tests, uh, they're wake up calls in disguise. It doesn't mean it wasn't tough to go through, but if it makes us better, and if it gets us on the right path, and uh, if it gets us in the place that God wants us to go, then we've got to trust him. Peter said that um, the trial of our faith is more precious than gold that perishes. So there's something going on when our faith is being tried. And, and I'm sure that the disciples felt like their faith was being tested when Jesus said, I'm going away. And sometimes you, you can feel so sad that it almost feels like your sorrow is going to overwhelm your faith. But the Lord says, if you can just remember who I am, who I am to you, and who you are to me, these sad times won't be the end of you. I've seen a lot of people quit over emotion. I've seen them get so sad that they quit. I've seen them get so angry that they quit. I've seen them get so bitter that they quit. And that's just emotion. But when you can remember to trust God and to believe in the Lord, you'll understand that uh, uh, what Peter said in, in, in his letter to the church. He said, whenever you're going through these th times, just, just rejoice. 
if now for a season, if it has to be this way, you, you're heavy through a manifold temptation. You've got so much coming against you and, and you're heavy. But maybe it needs to be this way for a while so that it gets you in that place where you're praying and talking to God, where you're laying aside some things to spend time with him. Maybe, maybe um, there's been too many distractions in your life, and now the Lord said, look, I need you to focus. And we do that sometimes to kids when they won't, they won't focus. We start taking the distractions away. We start uh, taking things away. That's, you know, of course, now it's, it's even, I think that's a worse punishment for kids today than it, getting a whooping ever was. They'd probably, yeah, just hit me three or four times. Just let me have my phone. You know, don't take my game away from me. Just beat me, but let me have my, my Internet access. You know, they, they don't want to lose stuff like that. You know, we... For us, it was like, well, you're not going outside. Oh, it's in the summer or something. You know, you couldn't go outside. You just had to sit inside. Oh, it was miserable. You know, you take things away. That was worse. And sometimes it seems like, man, this is falling apart. This is falling apart. But God is simply trying to say, I need you to focus. I need you to remember who I am. I need to re- need you to remember who you are to me. I, I need us to get on the same page sometimes. And, and that's what the Lord wanted with his disciples. We need to get on the same page. I need you to understand because I can't, I can't have brought you this far and you bail out on me just because you got sad. You've got to trust me. And so I don't want to have come this far with the Lord and let my emotions overtake uh, my mindset where I can't uh, even speak anymore. They couldn't say nothing. He said, you know, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, their heart was so eat up. He said, sorrow has filled your heart. And it, it's cut off questions. It's cut off answers. It's cut off praise. It's, it's stopped everything. Because you simply don't understand. But I'm telling you the truth. Jesus will always tell you the truth. And whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through like that, those trials of faith, the truth is this, is that it is necessary. We need these trials of our faith sometimes. We need for God to test us sometimes. We need uh, those things so we can learn to trust him through it all. Uh, Through it all. I've got to be able to do that. In Psalm 37, verse 23, uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We've, we, man, we've been over this scripture. I think the Lord's trying to get something through to us because we've used these scriptures a lot lately. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Let me just refresh our memories right here and what we know about this is that God ordered these steps, and he knows that even in the pathway that I order, it's possible for you to fall. He told his disciples, follow me. But did they fall sometimes? Peter, follow me, okay. And then Peter would be rebuking the Lord. You know, he cutting off people's ears. He was, you know, God was having to rebuke him, get behind me, Satan, getting on to him, correcting him, telling him. You know, they'd be, oh, where's your faith? Why'd you doubt? How long am I going to suffer this faithless generation? And, you know, their faith, they would stumble and stuff all this time following him. 
But the reason that they're here at the end is because he stayed with them and they stayed with him through it all. Because they realized that, oh, I just made this mistake, but he didn't kick me to the curb. He didn't send me back. Now, you go on back and start fishing. I, I can't use you. He just kept teaching them so they could learn that if you'll continue to follow me, I'll get you through it. I'll get you to where I want you to be. I'm going to take you there. Trust God through it all. When you don't understand, trust him. When it hurts your heart, trust him. When it feels like somebody has just ripped your gut out, just, man, threw it on the floor and kicked it around, Trust God anyway, because God is faithful. God is not leaving us, and, and we have got to learn that uh, we need to be content. Sometimes, as Paul said, in whatever state we're in, and be content because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Whatever happens, I've still got him. Nobody else, you know, the Lord knew that he was going to be betrayed, he knew that he was going to be sold for silver. He knew what was coming. He knew Peter was going to deny that he even knew who he was. He knew all these things, and, and yet he still just stayed the course and did what he was supposed to do. And that's the way he wants us to be. Even when you know this is not right, God's still God. Because when I fall down, it doesn't change what I know about living my life for God. God's still faithful. So he said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Doesn't that sound like God's going to be faithful? Doesn't that sound like God's going to be true? That God's going to stick with you? God, I can't believe you let me fall like this. Come on, let's get up. You ever, well... As parents, there's nothing like when your kids just start walking and you're sitting there and you're helping them get from one point to the other. You're trying to get them to walk a little farther each time. So you keep backing up and they keep coming. And each time they get to you, like, yeah, then you back up a little more, take them all the way back over, sit them down. Let's go a little farther. About halfway this time, they just fall, bust their nose. But you, you don't sit there and be like... Oh, there you go, man, you're scooping them up. Come on, come on, you're wiping them off. You're loving them. You give them a popsicle, and then you start them over. You know, it's just, you just take care of them. And you set them back down and say, come on. And, boy, they're a little bit like, I'm just going to hang on to this. <laughs> oh, come on. And that's what us, we, we want to hang on after we've fallen. It's like, I don't want to step out no more. But, but, but then they realize that we're going to be there. They see those hands. They know that my, my, my father, my mother, they, they're there. Those that love me, that care for me, they're there. They're just trying to teach me. They, they get it eventually. They're just trying to teach me. And eventually they, they'll, they'll just come right to you. And before long, it's like, look at you just walking, going everywhere now. And, just, and that's what God's trying to tell you. He said, I'm doing it like this, and you're going to fall sometimes. But eventually, man, you're going to walk. You'll just be following me around, tugging on my shirt. Hey, daddy, 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 mama, mama, mama. You know, and that's the way we're just going. We're going to be with the Lord. We're just going to start walking in the ways that He wants us to walk. He's going to get you through it. Don't let the sorrow uh, override what you know about this loving Savior. 
in verse 25, one of my favorite scriptures to just talk about is when the psalmist said, I have been young and now I'm old. There's not a time in my life. In other words, that's what he's saying. All my life and I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. No matter what I'm going through, God's still providing. God's still providing. God is still taking care of his people. I, I've never seen them forsaken. You know, I, I've, I've said it. I've seen them sick. I've seen them hurt. I've seen them discouraged, but I've never seen them forsaken. That list can just go on. on. I've seen them in just about every situation they can be in, but I have never seen a child of God forsaken. Being sad is not forsaken. Being sorrowful, that's not forsaken. Having your heart broke, that's not forsaken. Getting sick, that's not forsaken. So you, you can't say, well, trouble in my life means God ain't with me. That's not true. He's with us in all of our trouble and all our trials and all of our temptations. God is with us. In Psalm 31, in verse 12, or actually verse 14 and 15, I think that's where I'm at here. The psalmist said, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. And I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Lord, you're my God. I trust you and my times are in your hand. You've got to believe that God has got you in his hand. We used to teach our kids when they were little, he's got the whole world in his hand. We'd be like, he's got you and me, brother, in his hand. You and me, sister, in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. And, and man, maybe you ought to sing that to yourself sometimes. That God's got me in his hand. God's got my time in his hand. Jesus said, those that you gave me, no one can pluck them from my hand. My time is in your hand. So, Lord, deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. Deliver me. God will deliver. God is the author and the finisher of your faith. And you've got to trust him. You've got to commit. I've said this before. If we say we trust him, then we have to trust him with us. Or we trust him with everybody else. God's going to come through. God's going to make a way for you. God's going to take care of you. But you can't even look in the mirror and tell yourself that. Well, that's because I'm a different case. Yeah, you're a nutcase. Listen, God loves you just like he loves everybody else. You know, I said, man, the scripture says we're supposed to, to, to love others as we love ourselves. And I said, that's why people get the short end of the stick sometimes. Because we hadn't learned to love ourselves. If we're loving others the way we love ourselves, a lot of people getting treated bad because we just can't learn to love ourselves and believe that God loves us and that God has called us and God is faithful to us and that we're doing our best and that, you know, all in all, I'm a pretty good per person, you know. I, you know I, I make mistakes. I'm not perfect, but, but man, you know, don't fall into that, that mindset. The world loves to, they love to post stuff like that. You know, I, I don't want to be a, a perfect person. I want to be a, a, a child of God that realizes they're not perfect. And, and I understand that. I believe that. So I, I get that. I don't want to walk around with my chest out like I don't ever make any mistakes. But I also don't want to take that banner. 
Because then it begins to come a loop. It starts becoming a loophole and an excuse. So when you, it's, it's a reason you can uh, justify your bad behavior. Well, I'm just not perfect. Yeah, but are you even trying? <laughs> you know, or are you just uh, jumping out the door and however you land? You're like, well, it's just I'm just human. I'm just not perfect. I, but but I know God loves me. Yes, God loves you, but He wants you to try. <laughs> he wants you to walk upright the scripture talks about walking upright to, to to serve him to provide all things honest the bible act you know it, it really wants us to try to be better to, to to move on to perfection as the scripture says you know paul now paul said he said i'm not perfect but i'm striving and some people say well i'm not perfect and they ain't even trying and that that's because they they they, they bought into this world view that well you know, God, yes, God loves you like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He, he never leaves you the way he found you. And uh, so it, there's always something different. You think those disciples were the same three years later? Uh, they weren't the same guys three years later. There, there was a lot. I'm sure the things that we don't read, the bad habits, the Maybe you never know that maybe the language that they used or the things that they thought or did or the way they acted, things that got worked out in three years. We just think, oh, he called them, man, they just became perfect instantly. Well, you can just like again, just reading Peter's story lets you know that ain't so. I I, I just picture Peter getting in a few fights in his life, uh, just uh, telling somebody about it down at the fish market, just letting them have it, you know, and. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure there's a few people he held their head under the water. You know, it's just, he just seemed like he had that temper, you know. And so you, you, we think, oh, they just, they was just, because now to us, well, they're the apostles, they're the disciples, they, they followed Jesus. Yeah, but they were flesh and blood and human, and he called them out of darkness, just like he called us out of darkness. And the reason we read about them later and later and later is because they kept going because they trusted him through it all. And that's my, my thing is that young or old, I've never seen God be unfaithful. And he's still providing, taking care of us. He is still the author and the finisher of my faith. One of the greatest uh, relationships that you'll ever learn is that the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is, you know, again, I, I say this all the time. I know you get tired of it. But why is that, is that only a funeral psalm? Why, why do we only read that at funerals? I mean, it's, yeah, it's good, but at funerals, I mean, anything. But, but why is that? Do we understand that that's a, the song is a song of our life? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, it's talking about the life I live in, understanding my relationship with God. He's my shepherd. He's watching over me. He uh, you know, Jesus talked about, he said, the shepherd will lay down his life for the flock. A hireling will just flee and leave him alone. But, but the shepherd will give his life, which he did. The Lord's your shepherd. And so you, you have to realize that God's going to be with you. And, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff. They are with me and they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So in the middle of all this trouble, God's sitting the table because he wants you to know I'm still here for you. I'm still providing. I'm still taking care of you. You're not by yourself. And that's on the other side of the valley. 
We only talk about mountaintops. Well, we, we build up the mountaintop and we curse the valley, but your relationship goes to a new place with God in the valley. There are conversations with him in the valley that you don't have on the mountaintop. There are prayers you pray in the valley that you don't pray on the mountaintop. There are things that you see, uh, how you see God work in the valley that you don't see on the mountaintop. But it's what gets you there. And so you, you can't uh, take a detour when you see a valley coming up. So I just climb. Uh, no, I don't want to just climb the mountain and try to. You can't jump from mountaintop to mountaintop. You're going to have to come down the other side at some point, And you're going to walk through the valley. And don't belittle uh, the valley and that valley experience because you're going to learn some things about the love of God and how much he cares for you. You're going to learn about his faithfulness. You're going to learn how good he really is when you feel his presence in the valley. He said, when I'm going through the valley, his rod and his staff is still there. He, I, I know he's there and I'm not going to fear any evil because I know he's with me. God's going to be with you through it all. Through it all, through the, the, the good times, through the bad times, through the laughter, through the tears. Psalm 126 and 5, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. They shall reap in joy. Oh, they're crying, but they're going to reap in joy. You don't understand it when you're crying, but joy is coming. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Uh, it doesn't last always. Trouble don't last forever. It, it's going to last uh, a season. It's going to last a night. It's going to be for a period of time. And, and the Lord told him, said, you're sorry right now, but joy is coming. There's some joy coming behind this. You, you've got to understand there's a reason for what you're going through. And Jesus uh, had to go so what the disciples and what the world needed could come. This was the plan. Now it hurt them. Broke their hearts, scared them probably a little bit, filled them with sorrow, but he was still telling them the truth. I've got to go away. Uh, there's no other way around it. You've got to trust me. He, he went on in verse 21 of this same chapter. He began to try to explain. And he said, a woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow. He was talking about a woman expecting a child and there was something going to be born. He said, a woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And you now have sorrow. He's, he's likening their situation now to this birthing experience that when the hour comes, sometimes there's a period of time in your life where there's great sorrow, it's travail, but something is going to be born, something of great joy is going to be birthed into your life, and the joy will far outweigh the anguish. You're going to, uh, the tears that you've cried, the, all those things, that, the heartache, all that, it's going to be just washed away by the flood of joy, joy unspeakable, full of glory, it's going to come and in that presence of God that's going to be there and in his presence, his fullness of joy. And he's letting them know, now, right now you have sorrow. But I'll see you again. And your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man takes from you. There's some things coming after the sorrow. The Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrow acquainted with grief. 
but it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. And even though he knew it was going to be hard and, and awful and it was going to break him and break his body and to hear the people that he was giving his life for cursing him and mocking him, making fun of him, saying all kind of vile things about him, and he was giving his life to save them. He would have great sorrow, but he would also have great joy. And the joy far outweighed and outlasted the sorrow. That was one day, but now there's joy for eternity. That uh, he has finished what he came to do. And many have come to him and, and been changed and transformed. Have joined him in glory because of what he did. The joy far outweighs the sorrow. And we need to realize that it's not going to uh, stay that way. Travail and sorrow lead to joy. And when that comes from the plan that the Lord has for us, that, that joy is unspeakable and full of glory. So remember, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, it's not going to stay that way. Hezekiah was heartbroken when the prophet came and told him, get your house in order. The Lord has said, you will surely die. He just turned his face to the wall and he wept. He began to remind the Lord, I've been your servant. Remember the things that I've done. And he said, Hezekiah wept sore. And then before the prophet got out of the yard, the Lord stopped him and said, go back and tell him he's got 15 years. And he came back and he, he let him know it changed. Things will change. Sometimes uh, it looks like it's the end, but God can always change it. And it's not the end. We've got to trust the Lord. And so our walk with God is filled with highs and lows. But, you know, that song was saying, why should I worry about the highs and the lows? <laughs> Our walk is filled with highs and lows. We experience sorrow, but we also rejoice. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. There's, there's some, some joy in this life with God. There's a lot of joy in this life with God. Psalm 118 and 24, this is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. But this is the day I got that news. This is the day that the doctor said this. This is the day that the lawyer said this. This is the day that I came into the work. And they, they fired me. This is the day that I lost my loved one. This is the day. It's still the day that the Lord has made. You know, even in death, Paul wrote to us, he said, I, I, I'm writing great things about uh, the resurrection so you won't sorrow as others who have no hope. He knows it's sorrowful when we lose loved ones, but when we know that they are now in the presence of the Lord, uh, it's, hard to, to, it's hard to be real sad because you wouldn't bring them back. You wouldn't take them away from that. That's where they've longed to be. And so this is the day. Sometimes we're like, what a day. What a day this has been. But you know, even when we're saying what a day, it's still the day that the Lord has made. And so the choice is ours. So we choose to rejoice. I'm just going to go ahead and rejoice. Because this day did not remove Jesus from me. This day, if the trumpet sounds in just a few moments, I'm going. 
This day has not taken the Holy Ghost from me. I can still feel his presence. I am still filled with his spirit. He still washed my sins away. He still has blessed my life with more blessings than I can ever uh, uh, recount. I could never sit down and write down all the things that God has done for me. Even though this day is very tragic and sorrowful and has broke my heart, God is still faithful. And my joy will not be robbed about the tragedy in my life. So we choose to rejoice and we choose to just be glad in this day because we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. We know that. Darling, you can come to the music this morning. We just got to trust him. Can you trust him this morning? Can you believe him? I believe him. So, you know, when we go back to the disciples, as like I said, when you read this story, we already know. You know, we've heard the story. So we know, oh, they're sad, but he's coming back. You know, we know, we already know that. But that was the day that they heard words they didn't want to hear. I'm going away. What do you mean you're going away? He heard him, he, they heard him say, I'm going to a place and, and, and where I'm going, you can't, you can't go right now. <laughs> you know, and. They, they had been following him everywhere. They'd been with him, on, you know, hand and, waiting on him hand and foot and, and, and working with him, alongside him, being with him. And now he's going to leave them. And, oh, it's easy to stand up bold when the water walker's right there with you and I can see him. But how am I going to do when I can't see him? Because you don't have to see him to know he's there you have faith in him you trust him you just know but after the resurrection after he'd come back you know, they were excited but they was also a little scared some doubted and said he that he scolded them because of their unbelief even after all this time you know there he he's back he walked in and said peace be you know peace unto you and they're all it's a spirit they're crying out they're afraid some doubt and some he has to get on to them even then but he just says come here look handle me I'm flesh blood I'm not a spirit it's, it's me I'm back you'll know, see so they're all excited wow the Lord's back he's talking to them he's telling them some more things being with them but then he leads them out of the city and he leaves again but it's different this time. Luke records it at the end of his gospel. In verse 51 of 20, chapter 24, he says, And it came to pass while Jesus blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Now this time, they're not crying, they're not weeping, they're not sorrowful. It says, And they worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. They watched him disappear. They had him back for a while and then he just, he's gone. But no sorrow because they trust him. They believed in him. They realize now that something, a promise is coming and they head to Jerusalem to tarry until that power from on high finds them. Jesus 
was faithful and he was with them through it all all the way to the end and that's the way he is with us today it hasn't changed we belong to him we're his disciples he called us we're following him God's going to be with you you not being able to feel that doesn't change that Mm, yeah let's stand together this morning just because we can't feel it doesn't mean it ain't so. Job said, even when you can't perceive him, he knows the way you take. He's always watching over us. Nothing changes the fact that he will never leave us or forsake us. God will get you through it all. Amen. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, thank you for reminding us once again how faithful you are to us. And Lord, for those that are facing sorrow today, trials and tests I pray that his word will encourage them, remind them that you're going to be there that Lord we don't always see the end but you do and we know that you only have our best interests at heart so Lord today let us trust you believe you Lord and lean on you like never before follow you not give up, make up our minds we're going to see it through all the way to the end. We thank you for this power and this promise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship the Lord for just a moment.